Dalton Kincaid and Devin Lloyd have been the Utes' last two first-round picks, but who will be the next one? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Use your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, want to thank all of you who helped us reach over 1,050 subscribers. This is your guys' first time at the show. Make sure you guys like and subscribe, leave a comment. We'll try to interact with the, as many of you as I can. You can also message me on social media at JT Wistersill or follow the show at Lockdown Utes. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're talking about who's going to be the Utes' next first-round pick Devin Lloyd to Dalton Kincaid was the first time the Utes have ever had back-to-back first-round picks. And, of course, it comes off the heels of going on back-to-back Pac-12 champs. So it would be pretty nice if not only could the Utes add another Pac-12 championship in the coming year, but also add another first-round pick as just another nice tool for recruiting and just another great opportunity for a player to put his name in the NFL and find success. And in order to help me do that and decide who the next Ute will be to be picked in the first round, it's friend of the show and Ute Zone contributor Nathan Roderick. And Nathan... When you're talking about who is going to be the Utes' next first-round pick, I first, we're going to look at the guys on this team because I do think there's some guys with a chance to be first-round picks. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't know if there's anyone I look at on this list and I'm like, oh, yeah, these guys have a better chance to be a first-round pick than Clark Phillips did at this time last year. Every early mock had Clark as an early first-rounder. When the season wrapped up, Clark was also a first-rounder in every mock draft we saw. But then the draft process comes, combine, um, other things. There's like age can be a huge factor, too, where you saw a guy like Hendon Hooker fall to the third round. And look, I know the injury played into that, too, but it feels like a lot of reason people didn't want to take him was because he was 25 years old, which I guess is a red flag when the truth is if you're a good quarterback or just in general, you want to keep these guys for like eight years, like that's an ideal thing, which obviously Hendon Hooker is going to be a good quarterback till he's 33. But either way, so. So this is where it's a very interesting process, right? Like I mentioned, Clark Phillips, we thought he was going to be a first round pick. Things happen. He didn't end up being this guy. I don't think anyone has him as a first round pick right now. I'd be shocked if they did, but I think this guy is going to explode. He's going to have a huge season. And I know this position doesn't normally get drafted in the first round, but I think a large reason for that is the wear and tear that this position usually comes with. But I think in this player's exception, he is going to defy the odds because he hasn't had as many carries. I'm talking about Jaquindon Jackson. I think Jaquindon Jackson, if he has a monster season, has a great chance to squeeze into the back half of the first round. When you talk about Jaquindon, you're talking about a guy who's 6'2", 226, moved really well. The one kind of hole in his game last season, when once after he transitioned to running backs, was he wasn't a great pass catcher out of the backfield. He put that to bed right away in the spring game. He had two catches for 52 yards in the spring game. I mean, are you kidding me? Guy's an absolute dynamic ball carrier, pass catcher. Now he can really do it all. Makai Bernard, Jalen Glover, and Chris Curry are all still going to be in this backfield too. So I don't think he's going to rack up a lot of wear and tear. I think that's going to be really attractive. And I, like I said, he was so good last year and he hadn't even switched to the position until halfway through the season. Yes, he's a running, he was a running quarterback before, but it's still a huge transition learning the play the vision running between the tackles more. There's so much that goes into it, but his explosiveness and his shiftiness and his just overall speed, Nathan, I think he's got a great chance to be a first round pick because as I mentioned as well, he does not come with the high school and the college and the wear and tear of being given the ball 30 times a game. He doesn't have that wear and tear. So I think if he has a monster year that I think he's capable of having, I honestly believe he could squeeze into the first round conversation. 
Right. I, I definitely agree. I think he was probably at the very top of my list as well. And you see, you hear the word like disposable with running backs nowadays in the NFL. I mean, Zach Moss is already on a second team. And looks like his NFL career might be a little shorter than we anticipated. Just to give you an example, mm-hmm. one of the best running backs at Utah, you know, probably going to have a shorter NFL career. But yeah. uh, for this year, we saw two running backs get tra- drafted with the first 12 picks. And so they are more disposable. But if it's the right fit, teams are willing to go get these running backs, especially if they're talented. And right now, Jaquin and Jackson has the highest ceiling out of yes. any running back or any, I would say, any player on the Utah roster, just because we don't really know what he can do with a full offseason uh, at running back. Um, we know what he did at quarterback in high school, but it seemed like in high school, you know, he was the quarterback because he was the best athlete on the field yep. and he was the most dangerous player and, and could you know, help his offense the most, you know, because he was the most talented. But I definitely agree with that take there. Um, he has a great chance, even though the running backs are more disposable. But I think his talent is just, you know, there's no ceiling right now. It really doesn't appear that way. And he's a guy, too, where there's a reason I say the back half of the first round, because, look, he's a guy who's not going to come in with the hype of the Bijan Robinson. But, look, the Cincinnati Bengals, there's a lot of questions there right now with what Joe Mixon's future with the team looks like. They got all the other offensive pieces. Why not be like, eh, it'd be kind of nice if we could add an explosive running back. We don't have to pay a lot in. Like you mentioned, I love that you discussed how high, just how high his ceiling could be. It's another reason I think he's a great pick. But who is your next guy that you're going to be taking as we're going to draft these guys back and forth? Right. Uh, the first guy I'm going to go out with, uh, it's someone that actually was kind of invited to the combine to ch- take a look at things this year. Is Cole Bishop. Um, mm. He was, I don't know how many people know this, but he was kind of invited to kind of to be on the early prospects list for the next 24-24 draft. Um, 6-2 frame, and strong safety. I think his game projects fairly well to the next level. And I think he's going to have a pretty large role this year, especially in the secondary Uh, with Clark leaving. I think there's a lot of gaps in that secondary that hopefully Cole can fill. Yeah, I love it. I mean, Cole's a guy, you look at what he's been for this Utah football team the past two years, just a revelation for them at the safety spot, to your point. He's a physical tackler. I think he can do a lot of positive things in coverage, too. So I definitely think there's a lot of teams that would be appealing to bring in a guy like that who has a lot of experience, who is a veteran, a leader, and someone who really helped it with a championship pedigree, too. I think that's something that would be really important overall. So I, I really like Cole as well. For my next pick, there's two guys I'm looking at here, um, and we'll do th- we're doing three picks to each of us, and then we'll kind of go down to the other honorable mentions who just missed our list. I'm gonna leave my other guy off the board right now, and I'm gonna go with uh, I'm a I'm a sucker for defensive linemen, so I'm gonna go with Samote Peppa. I think when you talk about six three. 330. He was a true sophomore this past season, so he'll be a junior this coming season. If he can play like he did against USC, just leading up to that game, if he can start like that and have a dominant season, I think there are a lot of teams that could be intrigued with having a player of his size and stature that can not just stop the run, but also get after the quarterback. We saw, especially as the season really got going late, the production for him sack-wise really picked up overall. And I mean, he's a guy overall, you look at the season, the end of the year with four sacks, it felt like almost all those came at the end of the year. Like we talked about just the ability to eat up double teams and eat on the interior. As I mentioned, that 6-3 330 frame. I just think that's the kind of build you want where you're going to be able to take on those double teams. And we know he's got a devastating bull rush too. So I think Samote Peppa could plug up the middle of the field for a team. And like I said, young, explosive, still good, really good athlete that I think a lot of NFL teams would like to get their hands on a guy that size. Yeah. I think he has a lot of untapped potential and is obviously his size projects very well to the next level because people can't really move him around very easily. And uh, that's what NFL 
GMs like, people that can plug holes just to limit offenses there. Um, next pick, uh, if we're looking at this roster that's eligible for the 2024 draft, I'm going to go with Brant Keithy. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of ifs um, going around about him just because of his injury, and I feel so sick for him because mm. we were having this conversation maybe last year about him before his injury. Uh, Don Kincaid was able to kind of use Brant's injury to propel him as the number one option for this offense. And it worked out very well for Dalton Kincaid. Well, someone's going to have to get the ball and that's going to be Brant and Kat, Brant Keithy here in 2023. And, and I think his game, you know, still isn't, I think he still has a lot to prove to people because, you know, he was playing more of a receiver role, you know, last year before he got hurt. And I think his skill set is so wide that um, he's taking handoffs. He can line up at tight end, mm-hmm. line up in the slot. I think it's very valuable here in the NFL nowadays just because you want someone that can be versatile. And you look at Dalton Kincaid and guys like Travis Kelsey um, and George Kittle, they line up everywhere. And they can do a lot of things. I think Brent Keithy's game projects well. I do worry about his age and his injuries. Yeah, the injury, I think the injury and the age would be the interesting thing to kind of monitor. But I really do like the pick, and I think he'd be an extremely productive player for any offense that brought him in. I'm going to give a little bit more of my thoughts on the Brant Keithy pick in a second and keep our draft going. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Bilt Bar. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best-tasting protein bar ever built. you got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste, then I've got just the thing for you, Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they're so amazing you won't think they're good for you, but you got to try them. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they are healthy, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. You guys can head over to Built.com to order your box of Built Bars today, or you can head to your local Smith's or Sam's Club and pick up a box from the store. So head over to Smith's Sam's Club or Built.com to snag in on some delicious and tasty and healthy Built Bars. All right, Nathan, coming back into this one, I really like the Brant Keithy pick. I think Brant is a guy who, look, when we're just talking about productions, what he's done over the past few seasons. I mean, going back to 2019, 600 yards, of course, 2020 had it unfortunately cut short because of obviously there was the COVID season, but even 25 receptions, 236 yards, that's still really good. 2021, 611 yards this season, 19 catches, 206 yards. He was going to have probably the best year of his career, and then it was cut short. Now, unfortunate, like I said, it's unfortunate we didn't get to see him and Dalton play together, but now we get to see him unleashed in 2023, and I think it is going to be a special season. And look, he's going to be 24 by the time the draft rolls around next year, but I think if he moves, I think if he doesn't get hurt next season, I think the injury concerns, I think an NFL team will do it. And just because he's 24, I could see a team like Dallas who rolled the dice on a tight end in the second round. Maybe that doesn't work out there. Or just one of these teams that gets close and they're like, man, it'd be nice if we had a nice a pass catcher over the middle, just like we saw the Bills try to find their version of Travis Kelsey while grabbing grabbing Dalton. I think there is a team that could talk themselves into Brant's age. And I think the exciting thing for Brant is he's going to have to have a monster season in order for this to happen. It's Brant Keithy. He's probably going to have a monster season and put himself in this range where I think a team would easily have a chance to take him late in the first round and even in the early second, potentially. So I really like the Brant Keithy pick there for my third pick. You did leave my other guy on the board. There were three guys I was looking at. The reason I was leaving Brant off a little bit was just because of the ages I said, and maybe the slim chance on injuries, but if things break 
right for Brand. I absolutely think he could be the first dude off the board. But I'm going to go with Zamaya Vaughn, and I think people would be surprised to hear Zamaya when Clark didn't go last year. But what? Why did Clark fall? The height. That's not a problem for Zamaya Vaughn. He's six two, one eighty one. I do think he's a little bit faster in terms of track speed than a Clark Phillips was. So I think he'll test very well at the combine. Talk about a guy who broke up nine passes overall last season. He's got the good age, so size. He's got long arms too. I think he's a good physical corner on the outside. And I just think when you're talking about what an NFL corner is, good hips, speed, and like I said, what Clark didn't have, the length and the speed, I think that, and the height as well, I should obviously mention too, I think that is what could propel Zamaya to be to continue this Utah defensive back tradition of another Utah DB drafted. And look, this and what's crazy is if Zamaya did this, he'd be the first one in the first round of recent memory because we obviously know what Jalen Johnson has done and then what Clark has done. And when we talk about those guys, those are second and fourth round picks. I think if Zamaya has a dominant year on the outside, I really think he has a chance because I think he'll test well to be a, a first round corner. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think we saw Clark's fall. He was below that. Uh, you know, six foot range mm. and it really hurt him. Especially yep. I think that in combination of his, you know, 40 yard dash wasn't as yep. high as he wanted. Um, and so maybe that's just his short legs. <laughs> and so, um, I agree with Zamaya and I agree with you so much that I think miles battle is going to be my next pick for the same oh, reasons yeah. that you have picked. Mm-hmm. Um, six, four, very long wingspan corners are very, hot commodity in the NFL nowadays. Um, it just seems like people that protect the quarterback are a quarterback, um, catch the balls from the quarterback or defend those receivers. Those are kind of the hot commodities right now in the NFL. And I think miles mm-hmm. battles game and especially his length projects well to the NFL. Um, do worry a little bit about his game experience, but you know, one year at Utah, if he has a starting you know position, he'll have plenty of opportunities to go up against great receivers know within the conference and prove himself um, and hopefully he can test well because uh, he has that body that he's a freak athlete and has the potential to have a high 40 and he can you know prove some scouts wrong and have a decent shot just because of those attributes that for example Clark did not have I think you make a great point too. And like Miles, as you mentioned, just coming over all that experience and the veteran poise. And I just think he's battled with a lot, not, no pun intended, even he has gone against a lot of really good receivers. So I think he comes in with that experience. And if he has a monster season, I agree. I think he'll definitely have a chance. Um, after Zamaya, when like those are the main guys I think we were both looking at. I do think there are a couple of honorable mentions. I'll share mine first. Satao Laumea just misses the cut for me. I think teams would look at him as an NFL guard more so. And I do think he'd be, a, I think he makes a lot of sense for a team in the second round right now. I do think this will be his fifth year of college football, so he's a little bit on the older side. I wonder if teams – and we didn't see – gosh, correct me if I'm wrong, Nathan. I don't think an, a single interior offensive lineman went in the first round. So if you are projected to be a guard or center, unless you're the current cream of the crop, basically, you're not going to go in the first round overall. So he's the main honorable mention there. And I'll also say this because I know I think there's a lot of people who are looking about this, and they're probably pounding the table for Cam Rising. Look, if Cam, I believe, and this isn't even the injury related, I do think if Cam would have gone out for the draft last year, he would have been a sixth or seventh round pick at best and more than likely undrafted. I think when you talk about the accuracy concerns, the lack of a truly strong arm, he's got an okay arm, but it's not like 
look at the Will Levitts of the world, how far he can throw the ball. And I think Cam Rising was a much better college quarterback than Will Levitts was last year. But this is about projecting what they look like in the NFL. What's the other thing with Cam age? So I don't think Cam, uh, as I mentioned, I would be shocked if Cam gets in the first round conversation next year. I think he can have a very productive year and maybe find himself in those middle rounds like a Tanner McKeon someone did. But I think the age, the injury, and the style he plays as well, where guys tend to get hurt a lot, mentioned some of the accuracy things as well there in the arm strength. That's where I just don't see the same amount of success for him. Same thing, and especially leaning on the age side of things is why I, at the moment I'm looking at a guy in Devon Vele. I would be surprised if he's a first-round pick too. I think he could have a big year and definitely be a mid-round pick. But when you're looking at receivers, a lot of teams like those young, explosive wideouts. And look, Zamaya does uh, – excuse me, not Zamaya, but Devon does a lot of really positive things. But not the most explosive guy in the world. Soon to get a little bit better at those contested catches, in my opinion, Stu. I do think he's a pretty good route runner. has a good build, and I think he could. I would be surprised if he isn't drafted because I think he's going to have a good year. But once again, just not a first-round guy to me. Uh, same thing with Van Fillinger and Junior Tafuna, two guys I was really high on in their freshman year. To me, those are two really good rotational guys maybe at the NFL level, especially at Tafuna. But I don't think either of them has the pass-rushing prowess that is asked defensive linemen in today's game where – they would be high enough overall. So those are my main honorable mentions. I'll maybe I'll say JT Broughton too if he has a big bounce back year. But did you have any honorable mentions or guys you consider that you're like he'll get drafted, but not in the first round to me in the 2023 or excuse me 2024 NFL draft? No, I agree with you. I think I mean it favors Utah to have guys like Devon, Brent Keithy, Cam Rising that have been yeah. around Utah for a while and are old and have that experience. It's something that's going to translate great for the yes. 2023 college football season but for the draft it's something that doesn't favor them um i think if cam was healthy i i think he's drafted this last year um you know, we saw guys like Aiden o'connell no tanner key you mentioned jaron hall he's right in the mix with those guys um so anywhere on that day three you know round five to seven i think he would have gotten drafted but there also was the record amount of quarterbacks drafted yes. in this last draft. <laughs> competitive. Um, so i don't know what that means for mm-hmm. next year if it's a trend that's coming in because of so much attrition at the quarterback position in the NFL right now, or um, I just think Cam's game is more built for the college game compared to the NFL. And that's due to arm strength, um, his size a little bit, where guys like you know Anthony Richardson, he, he wasn't the best quarterback. But he wasn't very accurate, but he's built big, strong, talented, and his game projects pretty well You know for his specific situation in Indianapolis. But um, I think there are a couple of guys like Satoa Lemea that are mm-hmm. good options for Utah. Junior Tafuna is going to get drafted at some point, yep. but just not the highest projected that we would like, you know? Absolutely. And look, you, like you said, you make a great point about a Cam versus an Anthony Richardson. Cam has a higher floor to me than Anthony Richardson. For Anthony sure. Richardson could be a monster bust. Right. But. Why did he go in the first round? That ceiling, oh my gosh, with right. the way he can move in the open field, the arm, everything you see. You just see these glimpses of what could be because he is such a special talent that that's why he goes in the first round. So I thought you did a good job highlighting that too. Also, I'm sure there's someone listening to us right now. He's like, well, why are you going to criticize Cam and uh, – oh my gosh. Um, I keep – for some reason, I keep looking at Zamaya Vaughn and I keep thinking about Devon Vele and I keep backwards in their names right now, yeah. but someone's probably listening going, Cam and Devon, you're bashing them, but you're not bashing Brant Keithy. 
Grant Keithy is one of the tight ends in college football. When you look at what he's done over the past few seasons, he has been incredible. And Cam has been a very good college quarterback, but Brant's skill set, route running, getting open, all that thing, I think that translates much better. And as we mentioned with uh, Devon, look, he's going to be very good too, but he's just not in the special talent of receiver and not one of the receivers in college football as a Brant Keithy is going to be once again this coming season. So those are the main guys from the 2023 Utah team that we think have a chance to be 2024 first round draft picks, but let's look down the line because look, we mentioned all these guys right here and all these guys I was looking at as of right now, I think with you, I'd be shocked if Utah is a top 10 pick in the 2024 NFL draft. I think the higher guys to creep up there would be maybe a Zamaya if he has a huge season to a miles battle in there too, just because you look at the needs teams have for corners and then right. the, the Brants would be late first, just because the positions they pay, they play and being luxury in terms of team building at the NFL level. But let's project to the following year, 2025 NFL draft. If there was one player on this Utah roster, just in general, Nathan, that I had to bet would be a first round pick. And of any of these guys, as I mentioned, just on the 2023 Utah football team, I would put it on Lander Barton. I think Lander Barton is sensational. I think when you talk about what he did as a true freshman, look, it wasn't a perfect season. Once again, he was a freshman linebacker. I think by the, I've said this multiple times on this podcast, by the time this season is over, I think the best player on this Utah defense is going to be Lander Barton. With all the guys that are leaving, he might be the best player on this team. I think he's going to have a huge season, his ability to shoot through gaps. He's a strong tackler. I think he's good in coverage too. We know he's a good blitzer. He's got the size, the strength, everything you want in a linebacker. He can get through offensive linemen. He can take them on to free up his teammates. I am a huge Lander Barton fan, and I think he's got a great chance to be a first-round pick in the 2025 NFL draft, Nathan. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think his, he's 6'4", 240 right now. Um, you saw it took him a little cu- couple games you know, last mm-hmm. year. Uh, poor guy had to go up against Anthony Richards in his first game and got put mm-hmm. on a couple highlight reels, but – um, I think his game translates the best to the next level as well. Um, I like his game. And then if you're talking about a guy that could, you know, come out of the uh, the woodworks a little bit, it'd be Logan Fano, in my opinion, yeah. uh, just because he has so much potential there and so much speed on the, on the edge. Mm-hmm. We saw so many edge guys go early in this last year's draft. If he can yeah. bulk up a little bit and have a great year, uh, I guess next two years, then he's going to be up there for me as well. I think it's a great point, and I love that you mentioned Logan Fano because let's even go a year after that. Let's say something happens with Lander, very good, maybe a second, third-round pick. I feel really good saying in the 2026 NFL draft, barring anything crazy happening, Spencer Fano, I think, will be a first-round talent. I think when you look at what he has done already, I just, I've just i mentioned this on this pod before. When you talk about what he looked like the last time I saw him on a field in November – to what he looked like when I once again saw him at the just spring ball late March and obviously all of April pretty much. I, it's been an unbelievable physical transformation. His technique is outstanding. The oh, the th- biggest thing with him was just adding and getting stronger. He's already made huge progress. He's not going to play this year. Newsflash, look at all of the best offensive linemen who came through the NFL draft. Almost none of them started their rookie season. It is very rare to do. Most of these guys take a year to develop, get up to that strength and level because the offensive line is D-line. Those are the two most physical positions on the field basically where you're smashing into someone every single play that you need to be big enough strong enough to go against the guys who are basically just yourself but with two or three years of college strength and conditioning programming built into them to help that gain that strength and weight overall so i think once spencer Fano gets in the room i think he's going to add that strength get up to that level and i really think he's going to be a first round pick and i'd be interested to see if someone like a cj blocker too i think has more of the height on his side than let's say a smith snowden does 
that he'd be a guy who's able to kind of squeeze in that first round conversation, maybe. But once again, Spencer Fano is the guy 2026. I think if everything breaks right for him, I think he's got a chance to be one of the best offensive linemen ever come through Utah and be the next Utah tackle drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. And that won't come till 2026. So we got a long way to go till that one, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still a long ways, but I think there's a handful of different guys. Um, Justin Medlock will have a good yes. shot as well. Great, Great NFL body. Um, and a we talked about before. We still, Nate Ritchie could get a good shot as, yeah. as well. Um, and you said CJ Blocker. I'll, I'll counter with Smith Snowden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his game is can translate to the NFL as well. Yeah, th- this Utah team is loaded with talent, which just makes sense when you bring in your best recruiting classes as this Utah team's done the last few seasons. But so many special players on this team and the right coaches to develop them as well. These guys are bought in. They're going to put in the work, and the coaches are going to put them in the best position to succeed. That's why I have no doubt that this Utah first-round trend is going to continue. Will they have a first-round pick in 2024? I can't guarantee that. I don't think neither of us would, which is crazy because this time last year, I probably would have guaranteed that Clark Phillips would have been a first, and then we still ended up being right because Dalton ended up being a first. So that's where hopefully a year from now, we'll have one mute in the first round. If we had to project for sure, like I said, I'd probably say yes, just because I do believe in Jaquindon that much and maybe and brand, I think could have that special of a year too. Zamaya is another guy. So it's going to be fun to look back and see how this video ages, not just in 2024, even in 2026, when we're looking back on Spencer Fado. So always fun to project to the future. There's so much talent on this Utah roster and, and I'm just happy. A lot of these guys are going to be the Utes for the next couple of seasons. Nathan, appreciate you joining us. Yep. Thank you, JT. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes. Tomorrow, we will be back talking about some of the recruits who have recently committed to play for Utah football. That will be on tomorrow's Locked On Utes.